Welcome to Star Trek Discovery. Greetings. A sometimes funny, sometimes smart podcast covering everything and all things new and old, classic, vintage, time dilation trek. <clears throat> Our faithful captain, Mariah Gossett, is on an away mission. So you're stuck with me and that guy, Paul. Uh, so it's Clyde Haynes. I'm Clyde Haynes with you, trying to man the the ship while the captain is away. And with me is Paul from the future, in the three thousand one hundreds or whatever. Like it's weird because like there's a shadow hitting my glasses, and I go like, oh, am I having a stroke or is it just a shadow? And I think I, I'm gonna say shadow, but if I stroke up, if I stroke out everyone, like. Please remember me. <laughs> Good to know. Well, we are covering, we're back to Discovery. We've been talking about a lot of different track lately, but we are back to covering Discovery, and we are now getting giving a recap of previous seasons as we get closer and closer to the April date of the final installment of Star Trek Discovery. Tonight, we're going to be covering Season 2, Episodes 1 through 6. How about we do Season 3, Episodes 1 through 6? What did I say? Season 2. Yeah, so I definitely meant Season 3. Yeah. Um, we're, we're off to a great start, um, which is weird for me to even talk about Season 2 because I'm Well, it's a temporal so excited. We, we really jumped 900 years ahead. We're in the future, Clyde, so there's a phase variance. I, future Clyde is going to be a struggle for you guys tonight. I'm sorry. Like you're used to past Clyde, vintage Clyde. I don't know what you're going to get with future Clyde. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but I'm excited, Paul. You're excited? Excited? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Excited's a word. Like you know, as much as one can be. Like you know, being thrown in the future as such. All right, Paul. Can you remind our listeners about some things? Sure. And since I am that person, I will do that right now. Like uh. I guess I should remind everyone to uh, subscribe to our podcast at Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you like, love, hate, or whatever our content, and you wish to support us uh, on Patreon, uh, consider doing so for just $2 an episode at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. And in a moment, we're going to talk about kind of your thoughts, your recaps, your initial comments about the show. Um so if you want to participate, just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat if you're watching us live on YouTube. And we'll take a look at your comment or your question. We'll try and answer it live. Um, yeah, we're excited about that. So yeah, before if, if, we... If for those who are listening, there might be a bit of a, a, a staticky aspect. We apologize for that. Like, you know, once again, we're trying to adjust our technology to the, uh, the future, uh, what you call it. And uh, we are we are having difficulties right now, but it will be back to our normal quality uh, next week for sure. It's it's kind of like if you're watching Discovery and you're like, man, what is the ship like when you leave, you know, Nielsen in charge? This is it. Like you want Saru in that that seat, and when Saru's hanging out on you know on the planet, this is what you get. Yeah, everyone should bl blame Mariah. Not to call myself. Yes, it's it's always Mariah's fault. Um, like, she abandoned us. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, she abandoned us. You know, like we're here on our own. I feel like Burnham on that planet all by herself, not knowing where 
where they are. That's me. That's me. Except Clyde. Clyde's my, Clyde's my book. I was going to say, what am I? Am, am I your book? Oh, oh there you go. Much. All right. You book, you book me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into it. Fast Freak. All right, a little fast freak. So, you know, I was wondering, Paul, I was kind of curious. I was like, you know, what does Mariah think about kind of the first half of, of season three? And if I could channel my inner Mariah, I think it would go something something little like this. I'm so sad to miss the podcast tonight, but I'm sure you're going to have a great time with Paul and Clyde. Um, my fast freight is, uh, yeah, I love season three. It's a great roller coaster. Those first two episodes are probably some of my favorite in the series. I love the merchantile in that first episode with Burnham, the introduction of book. We also get Adira. We get to go to the Trill homeworld and see so much more interesting pieces of their culture. Um, yeah, I'm having a great time rewatching this season in particular so far. I'm just so excited to be rewatching these pieces in preparation for the final season. I miss you all so much. I hope you have a great time tonight. Uh, I'm unfortunately stuck in the Denver airport, but uh, I know you guys will have a great time and I will see you all next week. Bye-bye. So, Paul. So me. Yeah, she threw out a bunch of things. You, you want to agree, disagree with her? What were your fast breaks? Uh, I actually love the fact that this season is unencumbered by Star Trek lore. You know, like yeah. in, in that way that they've had to uh, really try to put together how this is going to fit with like, you know, the original series or Next Gen and all that stuff. Like, uh, and be a prequel like with this going into the future, they got to play a little more, and I think you could see the relaxedness of it in everyone. Everyone seems to be able to find their place in a way that perhaps they were cons- restricted a little bit uh, in the first two seasons. I think so. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a fresher take. Like you know, it's it's something that I have no, you know, in some ways, it's something that I feel like discovery has always wanted to be does that make sense like you could have done a star trek you know in the year 3000 but like setting it in the prequel and but like giving it like like world breaking technology like lore breaking technology that's that's something that it's a little it was, has always been a little rough for me you know whereas like the spore drive existing in in this timeline or this time frame seems so so much more viable does that make sense yeah, no, I, I like what you said. So overall, I'll say I love season three. Like, as I started kind of watching it, it just kind of fell back. And I was like, man, this might be my favorite season for a number of reasons. And I think one of the big ones is is kind of what you said, right? It in, in, one, in one vein, it felt like rather than try and put on your big brother's, like, suit jacket, mm-hmm. right? Sure, sure, sure. And, and and like wear it around and like, oh, well, it's mine now. But it never really was yours. Like sure, it was sure. never really tailored for you. Like the chair thing right now. But it's okay, Clyde. You can grow into it. <laughs> right. But this this season feels like, oh, no, now they have it. Now it's, it's you got it tailored and altered just to fit you. And whoever it was before doesn't matter because now it's really yours. 
that's what the season felt like to me. And I think you're right. I think, you know, the idea, the premise when it was pitched of having this Star Trek prequel, like was really, really exciting. It was like, oh man, I want to check that out. Like, that's going to be cool. But it always was bumping up against like Kirk and well, we know the Enterprise is coming. And so it never felt like it was its own thing. And to your point, like the ship looks cooler. Like the technology is cooler. Like it just feels different. Now it's like, you know, a thousand years in the future, it can be whatever it wants to be. And that is amazing. And it does feel lighter. It does feel like the stories are now captivating. There's nothing's holding it back. Um, And I felt like you felt that from from like page one, from scene one, it just was like, this is different. And for me, it felt like, no, this feels finally like, like Trek, like it's, it's, it's new Trek. And, and I loved it. Like, so not only did I love the, the introduction, the introduction of new characters like book, like I realized book is amazing, but I also just liked the way the story was. I like a lighter, freer Burnham, um, you know, we'll get into some of this, but like on the rewatch, my thoughts about Vance are a little bit different too. Like it's, it's, it's fascinating. I can't wait to jump into this, but sure, sure. No, no. But yeah. So let's, let's talk about the, we'll, you know, we'll kind of walk through these six episodes. Um, talk to me about what you thought about the first episode, right? And the first, first episode uh, was, first episode. um, the hope is for you. Was, that, the hope is the you. The hope is for you. Part I hope it's you. Part one. Uh, let's see. This is Burnham jumps uh, jumps to the future, like you know, does all the cleanup work, and now she's on uh, her uh, this planet alone, trying to figure out. Like she succeeded, life isn't destroyed. So good, go team. Uh, but then she finds out that like the Federation and the like are kind of like decimated because of the burn, uh, and we start this mystery of what's the burn. What caused the burn? Blah 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 blah, uh, and and then she's kind of like torn between finding her. It's not torn. She's she needs to find her crew, and she needs to um, figure out what the Federation is now. Like you know, if anything, and I think like uh, it was a good intro. I, I feel like you know there wasn't a lot of uh, spaceship shooty shooty. So uh, it was a lot of just walking in the market, and the fact that Mariah likes the market walk. I'm not much of a shopper, uh, so like it, it's not like it's like Orion Marrakesh, uh, but you know, it's fine. Uh, I, I did like the point where like uh, Burnham gets high, you know that that, that, that that's funny. Uh, that was funny. Uh, and and yeah, like I think uh, I think in this episode, what you really I think what I really like is because I'm a lore head. Is that a word? I don't know if that's a word. I made up a word, lore head. Like, sure. I, I, I love the fact that it was the Andorians and Orions that broke away. Like, the, they became, you know, because like, Andorians is one of the founding members of uh, the Federation. And the fact that they wind up being like uh, a syndicate, like basically. Yeah, the crime syndicate. I, I, I think I think what that shows is like 900 years is a long time. 
I think more more than anything, more than the the future tech and blah blah, the fact that like here is this founding member of the federation with effectively the bad guys now, and I, I think like oh, nine hundred years is a, you know it's it's something. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it, it does show us that really this is a brave new world, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is like almost from, from moment one, it's saying whatever you think you know about the Federation, you don't know anymore, right? Like we're, we're going to turn everything upside down. And, and that's interesting. Like that's to me like, okay, tell me more. I love this episode. And I was concerned because you're right. There's no pew, pew, pews. There's, well, there's pew, pew, pews, but not from a spaceship. There's more like pew, pew, pews from a phaser and a big old thing that looks like you've got a mini jet engine on your hand. Um, but I was, I was thinking like, wow, we're going to get a whole episode with it's just Burnham, right? Like we don't yeah. see a whiff of the rest of the crew. What's this going to be like? And I got to tell you, I really enjoyed it. Like I thought um, the introduction of book and this, this new burnout, especially going back and understanding now they're setting Burnham up to be different. Right. Mm -hmm. She is as far away from her Vulcan heritage that she's ever been. You know what I mean? Like, like like she's loose now, like she's loose. Yeah. I I think, Although, like from a from a paper standpoint, like you're on paper and you go like, "Oh, here's this human raised by Vulcan," blah blah blah. I think that is interesting. I don't think, for me, I don't think she was ever rendered in a way that I found compelling to have for that background. You know, there's always this. It, it never really meshed with who I feel the Burnham of the character Burnham who I want. Uh, to be versus you know what I think is being played and and I don't even know if like the actor could really find that that balance and not because of uh, of her prowess but simply because I don't know if that balance was really written but like as we but now that she's in the future I feel like like you said like if you if you started at season three you wouldn't know that she was raised by Vulcans so there's there's very little there that says it aside from like a few expositional type things but like but if i told you in season one that she was raised by vulcan they go like oh yeah i guess she's talking a little weird you know i i guess you know she's talking the way that uh a vulcan would talk and you know and from a from a character study perspective that's interesting like it's really interesting to see a human talk like a vulcan and like really think like a vulcan but like as, as far as like 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 cinema and for like storytelling and for our hero to be that, I don't think it was ever rendered in that way. You know, you gotta remember, Spock is never the main character. We love Spock, but he's not the main character. You know, it's interesting, and I'm like, I want to disagree with you because I'm like, are you about to have me criticize one of my favorite shows? And I don't like that, but I have to agree with you. Because one, when I think about characters that are kind of bicultural in Star Trek, mm-hmm. Spock, when I go back and think about the original series or I think about the movies, 
I never think about the fact that Spock is is part human. Ever. Yeah, sure. Like he he feels and comes across as fully Vulcan, right? The difference between a Spock and a Tuvok to me is I, I don't know that I could tell you what it was, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So Spock Spock comes around as truly as, as truly Vulcan. And when I think of someone like Deanna Troy, her, you know, she, the fact that she's only part beta Z speaks to a limitation in her ability, right? Yeah. Like she can she can empathize, but she can't read your thoughts, mm-hmm. right? So like, I think when we've seen this before, it's shown up and been very tangible. The thing about it is Burnham's not part human, part Vulcan. She was just raised by Vulcans. And it just never, and I don't know if it was the way she was written or what, but it's almost like if you don't remind me, I will absolutely forget. And that she comes across as human, but then it did feel like they were constantly reminding us, right? Like it was it was a storyline that kept coming up. And I think about it kind of going forward. I don't know that starting in season three, I don't know that it ever comes up again. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a very minor thing in episode seven. It's not minor. It's, a, it's the whole episode where they go to Navir, which is New Vulcan, basically. And, yes. and, and they invoke the name of Spock a lot in that episode. Uh, uh, and, you know, and, and but that's their connection. But like, but in the end, like people, everyone sees her as human. No one sees her as Vulcan, you know, no one and, and people ex, like interact with her as human and th- it's fine. You know, it's, it's totally fine. Like, you know, uh, I, I think like in season three, they decided to streamline. Yeah, I think I mean, I, I think in a way like they were they were doing that season two as well. Like, you know, with the they got rid of Arium, which was a lot of makeup production costs for a background character. You know, and, and, and you know, and it's fine. Like you know, you go like, I gotta save budget. We're not doing a lot with this character. Let's walk him off. And and they did that with uh, what's her name in this? Uh, you know, uh, non. Uh, non. That's right. Uh, and you go like, oh, you know, we don't have space for her in our narrative. And you know, and her makeup costs too much. <laughs> as little as it is, <laughs> you know. Well- I think that's a good segue. Let's let's start talking. About, well, one before we move on to episode two, any any do you have one favorite thing about episode one? You want our our listeners viewers to uh, to know one takeaway? You know, I think what I really, you know, what I really like. Huh, I should say it in the best way. Uh, no, no, I mean like a take. T- like I don't know where they shot it. Like it looks like maybe is it Iceland or something? Because it looks like crazy, uh, and, and it's beautiful. Like you know, it had all these like different locations. Like you know, because they, they they teleport from you know for, mm-hmm. to a bunch of locations, and it it all looks kind of crazy. Like this. Uh, so I think I think it's a beautiful episode. But not, but not one thing. Like, did you? What about the ending of the episode where you've got the flag unveiling? At, Oh yeah, the like Star Starfleet head or not headquarters, but this outpost. Like yeah, I, I mean, I, I so the episode starts off with this one guy setting up the, yeah. the Starfleet office, and it ends with the bookmark. Or like, here's what the here's what happened to the uh, the Federation, uh, and we're still here, and blah blah blah. And it's it's very sentimental, like you know the, the unfurling of the flag, uh, and you're like, yeah, yeah, like you know, for all of it, like. 
I, I, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of control. I'm, I'm a bit of Leland. So like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if my heartstrings necessarily work that way, but I, I respect the programming. <laughs> it, it, I wanted to, like, uh-huh. I kind of thought to me, if I'm being completely honest, I thought that scene was a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, like I, I wanted to get it, and it made sense to me. Like I was like, oh, he's we're really selling this. I'm all into Starfleet, and it's meaningful, and I'm upholding the character, and, and that's fantastic. Um, but I was like, okay, like I, I, I wanted to go. Mm, I want to have a little awe moment, and I was like, that's cool. Overall, I think for me, my favorite part of this episode was just book, right? Like it was a little campy. It was silly. Like like you talk about, um, like Burnham getting high on the truth serum, right? Like it was funny, right? Her getting eaten by the space worm, or you know, and then spit out. Like this was a fun episode, and I thought, you know, what a way to take a couple of risks, but deliver on kind of the first episode of the season. So. Yeah, yeah, no. All right, so you started talking about Arium, kind of the transition from Arium to to Nielsen, and and kind of different things. So let's move on to episode two. Episode two. What were you, what were your thought about? What was your thought about episode two? So in episode two, Discovery comes through. This is far from home. So Discovery comes through the wormhole. There, I mean, poor, uh, you know, it was like Kara dang near broke the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they make it. You've got ice parasites. You've got like psycho space western. Like there's a lot going on here. What did you think of episode two? Uh, I I thought it's it's one of my favorite episodes of the of the first you know uh, six of this you know of this uh, of, of the first six, and partly because I really enjoyed Tilly's and Saru. And uh, and Giorgio in in the in the saloon. Okay. Like, like I, I feel like if I this is Tilly's and uh, and Giorgio's season. Like it's for me. Like like I'm I'm like every time Giorgio is on screen, I'm like going, she's so fun to watch. And every time I see Tilly, I go like, you go, girl. You know. Saru is coming to his own, and that's great. But like you know, and you know, and, and Burnham is always like spending half the season going like, uh, "Am I good enough?" Or you know, uh, "Should I be here?" Or some some internal turmoil, which is fine. But like you know, but it's hard for me to cheer for. You know, I can empathize for, but it's hard for me to cheer for. Like like Detmer, like is, is like with her, like I I flew off my console trauma <laughs> you know and i'm going like okay i get it you have you have ptsd and 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 you're not talking to anyone about it like there's only so much you can show me before i go like dude talk to someone like i i i, I at some point you're, you're being irresponsible now you know so so in that way Giorgio gets to stay Giorgio for most of and, and she gets to change a little bit too like it, these, there are two episodes that are my favorite episodes of the season in the next in the in the second half of the season. Like you know, where Jojo goes back to the the mirror universe. I mean, it, they they are. It's not just my favorite episodes of, uh, of the season. It's like they're two of my favorite episodes of all Trek. 
Uh, so, uh, so Georgia really gets gets her thing, and for all of it, like I don't know, like 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 later on this season, Hilly gets to become uh, number one, and I'm going yeah. like, dude, she's a cadet. There have been a lot of people waiting in line. You know, I don't care how smart you are. I'm probably not going to take orders from a like a a 20 year old if you know who who can barely like wow. it. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying, like you know, it's it's probably going to be a weird thing to have someone who could barely put a sentence together, you know, at times on under stress. They go like, okay, we're getting under fire. What do we do? Uh... (laughs) Now, if it was Killy, all the way. I mean, this this, this is not this is not this is a Tilly specific thing. If it was Killy, like you know, I'm in line 100. percent You know, look, I I love this episode. Um, Yeah, it's a good episode. It's totally fun. Well, and I think when you want to see an ensemble, there's a lot about this this episode mm-hmm. that works, right? And so, you know, um, as Pim Griffey in the chat says, Jet Reno was amazing in this episode. Yeah, um, all sitting down too. All sitting Just down. I think um, one thing that I, I was left with a couple things when I was rewatching this episode, I'll, I'll say. I am starting to appreciate Saru more yeah. on the rewatch than I ever did at the first run. Cause I think the first time through, I just kept thinking like, can we get to Burnham being captain? Like I'm over this, this, you know, holding her back. Like sure. it felt like when the, when the series was pitched, we were expecting her to be captain. And here we are in season three and you're still holding it from us. Like I felt like at the time I was just like, angry about it i was kind of like no but i think kind of going back and rewatching it in this episode in particular i was just starting to think by this point i'm like no saru has to be a certain way and that really does free up burnham to to be burnham Mm -hmm. but it also made me look back and go what if we rewound all the way to the beginning and said you know what we're not going to do the head fake. We give you Giorgio as captain and then kill her in the first episode. What if Giorgio was captain, like the original prime universe Giorgio was captain for this series? Sure. Like That's why I that, for a while. That could have been, I, I'm just thinking about like if they had played it straight. Yeah, yeah. That could have been an amazing show. Yeah, I, I that's what I thought the show was going to be. You know, uh, because I, I didn't know who, like, I didn't know who else to really look at. Like, uh, she, like Michelle Yeoh was the, was the big, you know, the big actor. So I go like, oh well, this would be interesting. Asian captain. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing. I'm just like you. I'm, I walk away and I go, Michelle Yeoh. Every time she steps on screen, is the best actor on screen. Like she's amazing. Like she's just. What she d- does is phenomenal. So I think she could have carried this show as a straight-up Star Trek captain in in the line of all the others. Like, I think that could have been amazing. But I, I, it wouldn't have been as... Like, she's more fun as Giorgio. Yeah. Right? Like, I also feel that, like... Discovery needed to be what it needed to be. You know, okay. I, 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 think, I think in a way... Like if we played a straight Giorgio, 
it would be more in the tradition of like like next gen or or tt tos and i think i think for all of it like star trek needed a new audience yeah i i i think you know like just because it would have been great for me doesn't mean it would be great for the longevity of trek and so i i i like you know like this trek for me is like strange uh you know brave new world right now that's the trek for me like you know like i and lower decks. Those are the two that, like, like it's not the nostalgia bait that Picard is. It's not, you know, it's it, it's it's Brave New Worlds and you know, Strange New World, Strange New World, Brave New uh, World, good book. Yeah, and and lower decks. But I I feel like there are people who really go like, I started Star Trek with Discovery, and I feel like Discovery is my my Trek. And there is, if if they only like Discovery. Like there's nothing other, other than discovery except for discovery. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I look at this and go, without the path that discovery took, we don't get strange new world. And Anson Mount as Pike, it's just that that show is a great show. Yeah. But I like discovery quite a bit. I like what they're able to do, particularly in this third season, like you mentioned. Ooh, what would have been like if this if we had started in season three? Yeah, like this has been a great this would be a great show if it started in season three, right? It's you could start here and still kind of walk in. Now you'll miss some of the the backdrop, but it feels like everything that was started in the first two seasons, with the exception of Michelle Yeoh, largely is a footnote. Right, like, like I, f- I feel like for the first two seasons we had this whole like, Burnham, you know, is a re- is rebellious and and still traits of mutineer, mm-hmm. all that stuff is gone now. Yeah, right, I, I think like it just reminds me of Parks and Rec in a way. Okay. So Parks and Rec uh, is a TV show. It's a comedy. It's it's <laughs> uh, and. What happened is the first two seasons were not doing what exactly it needed to do. And what the writers did was they corrected their course and they uh, got rid of some actors. They added some new actors. They changed the dynamic so that it became what we now know as the juggernaut that was Parks and Rec. And I think like with here, like, you know, like take Saru, for example, I think, the idea of someone like who is first officer who's always afraid because they're genetically afraid, you know, I think that's a pretty interesting thing to to, to explore. Did it work for like a day to day, like you know, uh, 20, 24 episodes or like 12 episodes? It probably was more problematic to have than to streamline it, and so okay. they did. They they went and the justice goes, okay, let's just. Let's just make it so that he's not such a coward, and he's just like a, like a normal, tall, eight foot, like, horse-looking dude. Great, boom, done, and and it works out. It gives it gives it, it might not be as nuanced, but it's a lot more. There's a lot more meat to. There's a lot more meat on the bones to play with. I like the word that you use, streamline, right? Because I do feel like the the themes and the motifs that we see in, in Trek feel a little bit more familiar. 
right? And what I mean by that is you've got clear good guys and bad guys now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like from the moment that book steps on the scene, you immediately, you're not confused that maybe he's a good guy, maybe he's a bad guy. Like, I'm not sure. He moves in a way that you go, this is a good guy. And this is a misunderstanding. Like, there's just something about him that you immediately know. And so I think we're getting back to that. Like, I, I hate to say it's, it, I like your streamline better than like simplify. Right. Yeah. Um, no. But it is, it is kind of clear cut. So, well, Our, you go, you go, Clyde. No, go ahead, go ahead, shoot. Uh, I was gonna say, like, there's a, there's a thing that, like, you know, like, you can do a when writing, right? Like, if you make characters really nuanced, then you're focused on the characters. But if you make characters archetypical, you can uh, focus on the story. And TV shows have to do both. And it's finding, finding that balance that becomes interesting. Like, you know, like when, when you can get that balance, that's when a show will sing. And I feel like in here, they've, at least season three, they, they got that to, to be the right balance. Anyway. I agree. Yeah. No, I, I, I enjoyed this. Um, I like this. So episode three. So in episode three, we've, we've now, Burnham is fully kind of connected. She's back. She's back. She's with the discovery. She's, she's got book tagging along a little bit. Um, I, it, it makes me laugh a little bit. One of my favorite parts is when they, she's talked about book, right? Mm-hmm. He shows up on the bridge and uh, I love it because it's like, what is it? Owo, um, <laughs> Owo looks at Detmer and Detmer just kind of raises her eyebrow like, you ain't slick. I see you. Like, I thought it was funny. Like, it's this this, this familiar kind of like, ooh, she's been hanging up with him for a year? Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, but it was, um, it really also helped us under, understand that, like, a year is a long time. Like, it's, it's hard. I think sometimes it's hard because for us, we had this, we got her on her first day in the future. And then we we get this fast forward a whole year, but yeah, I don't know that you feel it. Well, but... like the, the second time I did because you saw the hair grow, mm-hmm. like you had the, the, the I thought the, uh, uh, so yeah, so I, I I think I think that's pretty hilarious, like you know, but but yes, I, I didn't catch it the first time. There are a lot of things I didn't catch the first time. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's it's very dense in order to to, to keep it going. Anyway, sorry, Glad. Sorry, interrupt. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I think um, what was interesting to me is in the way she portrays a, a new Burnham. Mm-hmm. We get to see that a lot has happened in that year, right? There's some subtle things they do, right? Like from time to time, Book and Burnham refer to like these these memories that they have, this history that they have. Mm-hmm. And it's cute, like, you remember that time? Or, oh, we should try this. Like, that's all cute. But it's really in the portrayal of Burnham that you feel like, okay, time has really passed. Yeah. I mean, she right? did a good job, like, you know, uh, with showing that she, like, time, like, she's seen some, she's seen stuff, man. She's seen stuff. Uh, and, and I think she's done a very good job with that. 
Yeah. Um, what did you think about the whole like return to Earth? Like, this is where I like, like, it's totally fitting that Earth would go and like go like we're good shields, you know, like you know, <laughs> like uh, for whatever reason in Babylon Five and a lot of in a lot of sci-fi, like you know, uh, where Earth is a part of this big you know thing like a lot of sci-fi has uh earth going like nah we're good and, and just go like and be isolationist uh probably because like you know in a way like that is uh that is how because i watch american shows and i feel like american shows tend to have always been like america's been fairly isolationist by by just geography there are two there are two oceans between us and the only two uh-huh. countries that are really next to us you know either is canada which has like the, the population of california or mexico which is mostly desert so we're kind of always safe and so in that way we always want that sense of safety and so like it it, it doesn't strike me as weird that like all of a sudden like some calamity happens and like we shut our doors and go like we got to we got to take care of our own so like and, and so i i go i watch that and i go like yeah earth be in earth <laughs> yeah it, it, I, it was i'll be honest it was a surprise to me like i had to come to terms with the fact that this is earth right like you know and i i was just on a podcast with mike moody garcia where we were talking about first contact right and so I'm looking at and, and reviewing the the first time that Earth goes in space and they meet the Vulcans and it's this whole dynamic of like this is Earth, like this is what we do, right? The Federation's headquarters, Starfleet's headquarters is literally on Earth. Like it's it, this is supposed to be everything, and yeah, it's still like you look up and they're like, nope. And there it's and it's not just a hey, our doors are closed, go away. It's much more of a, you know, two guns out, like, get off my porch, like, take another step and I'm going to start firing before I ask you what your name is. Like, it's like, I was shocked by that. And it was just kind of like very standoffish, very aggressive, like, not just isolationist, but like, you know, know, like, like doomsday prepper kind of like. Well, I mean, this is what happens. Like, you know, I always feel that people like they did the experiment where uh you, you take someone who's really liberal and then you put them under a lot of stress and they become more uh conservative or at the very least more protective of what they have and that's mm-hmm. that's, that's that's literally in your dna you're designed to like be protective when there's scarcity because if you don't you die it's a good thing to have. It's 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 not a bad thing to have. It's not helpful if there's ample stuff, right? And we and we like to look at the future, like in this, you know, where in Star Trek particularly, where there's ample stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the Federation, we know gets to be the Federation because it got it's rich as all get out, you know. Like oh, you need gold? Let me let me let me print you out some gold. Let me you know. Like, I got. I got ships, I got people, I got supplies. Like, if you're struggling, I can come help you. Like, we're the Federation. 
the Federation got privilege. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and, and with that, like you know, you get you get to be noble. You get to be all these things. You get to be generous. You get to look down on people who, are, and but but when when all those like, is this in Deep Space Nine? Like it, it's it's one of my favorite uh, lines, and it comes like it's weird in Deep Space Nine. Like my favorite characters are the Ferengis for some reason. I don't really love the Ferengis, but. And Cork goes like, so what happened is they're at the Dominion War. Uh, this is the siege of AR, whatever, whatever. Anyway, they're at the Dominion War, and Cork and uh, Nog are on the front line. And Nog is like really enamored with all these heroes of the Federation fighting against the Dominion and this trench warfare kind of thing. And and then Cork goes, dude, you know, like look around. These th- this is not the Federation that you know, like these humans that you admire so much, like you take away their creature comforts, you take away, you know, their holodecks, there's a, a warm shower and some food and they become as vicious as any Klingon. And, and, and so the, and this is where I see like, this is like, what this is post burn life, baby. Well, it's interesting as you say that. Cause I think what I'm, what's coming to me is what we're looking at in season three is a post apocalyptic, but high tech, world right like if you think about any post-apocalyptic um tv show or movie you had people who were high worth right the people who were in the power well when that thing that comes that neutralizes all of those things Mm -hmm. well there's a dynamic shift and it's it's fascinating to me in this season because what we're starting to see is Right, those it's it is easy to your point, Paul. It's easy to have those high ideals and the, take the the moral high ground, and be generous when you have excess, right? Yeah. But the uh, minute that that you don't, it's like okay, well, let's see who you are now. But, and but, but you go down to Earth in episode three, and it's nice as hell. Yeah, it is. I got it. <laughs> it is. Because <laughs> the. Because they're like, you can't have mine, right? That's right. Like, I'm going like, oh, well, I mean, that Earth looks pretty good. It looks better than what I got now. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. Um, Chupi had a, a comment that I thought was really great. She said, it is very clear that for the first time in Burnham's life, she didn't have to live up to anyone's expectation but her own. And it really freed her. I, I agree okay. 100%. Like, a- Agreed. But at the same time, like, you know, that they uh gp like i 100 agree with that but like uh, they say all the time like she's a responsibility hoarder yeah <laughs> well i think i think part of it is it's it's almost like being on vacation a little bit right look if if you're a leader if you're if you're built like that if you're disciplined if duty and that responsibility is part of who you are and i think ultimately with burnham it's just part of who she are who she is then the vacation's nice <laughs> Right. Like it's nice to step out and like, okay, I don't have to worry about it. Like for a year, her only thing was to hang out with with book and do whatever it is that she wanted to do. Right. To make her own decisions. That made sense. That was nice and easy. But, you know, it's kind of like she was home alone. Right. For a while. And then all of a sudden the family shows back up. And you've got to decide, like, oh, man, did I really like that life? It was great, but is this who I really am? And I think Burnham starts to realize that who she is is someone who's in the uniform. And I think that kind of takes us into episode four a little bit. So in episode four, 
we get to meet Admiral Vance. Don't we go to Trill first? Do we go to Trill first? Okay, yeah. Maybe we, we go to Trill first. Okay, so okay, so so we go to Trill. Yeah. What do you think of Trill? What do you, what did you think of this episode? Like Trills have never been my favorite species, you know. Uh they're they're you know, like I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, if I had like a nine hundred year old symbiote, you know, in me, I'd be pretty confident, but I'd also be a dick. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm just saying, like, because I would know so much. I'd be so confident, you know. I, I you know, I, imagine like, like I'd be like super Bezos, you know, super Musk, you know. And go like, why would I, you know? It, it was just, it would not be. I'm not a good person, everyone. <laughs> no, listen. I think you're. I think you're being real, though, right? Like and the the reality is like if you're if you are a nine hundred year old person, you've seen a lot, right? And, and here's the amazing thing to me about trills most of the time is that they do a remarkable job of not talking down to everybody else, like their children. And, and that's right? the thing. Like for me, I go, like I don't know if I buy it. I, I you know that, that's the thing. Like you know, th- there's only one trill. That that really did that, and that was like when uh, like Jadzia got her her symbiote kidnapped in like season one, and it went to like this other guy, and he was like a nice. He wasn't nice. He 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 was he's very what you call it. He was very uh, mercenary, trying to steal the the the, the trill, the, the the symbiote, and then when he gets put into him, he becomes like an absolute dick. You know, like I'm I'm something Dax now, and you're like going, yeah, that's how you'd be. Like you know, uh, anyway, that that's neither here nor there. It it it, it's, it feels very DS nine. It feels very you know like back to the back to the the bug puddles. Yep, there we go. Kirk says, "Forget me not did a good job of following up what was revealed in DS nine, but a lot more trill could be host than they admitted." Yeah, yeah, and so you know, it's 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 I, it's fun. I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I thought this was an okay episode, right? Not. I didn't. I didn't think it was a bad episode by any means. I thought it was some nice touch points, but coming off of the first three, I wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. Like to me, the action in this episode was a bit of a slowdown, and so I was really like, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Like there you go. It, it's okay. They all can't yeah. be winners. So then we move into episode five, right? So yep. now Adira knows exactly who they are. I'm going to use the, their pronouns even before they start using their pronouns. Mm-hmm. But Adira knows exactly who they are um, and knows their past as, um, what was the name? Um, gray. No, or not gray. Uh, tall. 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 And the six previous uh hosts that 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 they've had and then they show up and they're they're coming home to the federation and if i remember correctly it was a wonderful reunion and it was like singing songs and everybody was so happy to see them that's what happened right like it was just kumbaya and break out the cookies when they uh they made it to starfleet that's what happened right it 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 I would say that, like you know, that's not what happened. 
<laughs> but like, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you disappeared for like five years and like it, like like you sank at sea or you know whatever, and then you came back five years later and go, hey Paul, it's been a while. Like you know, uh, like let's go do the podcast. I go like, who are you? I'm Clyde, and I, and I go like, there's Clyde died. He goes, no, but like you know, that was a cover up. I go, really? <laughs> I mean, you're doing your due diligence, right? Well, I, I think we like it's an extension of what we we're just talking about in terms of this post-apocalyptic, like everything changed. The first time around, I remember the discussion on this podcast was all about like Vance is sus. Like that was the refrain constantly throughout the entire third season. It was just yeah. like, yo, we were looking at Vance and we're thinking this dude is just a not another in a long line of bad roles, right? Like that's what it was. Name and now, five. Name five bad roles. I can't. Yeah, because it's a narrative that you per- perpetrate. You and your kind. Please. Pre, it's PP pre Paul on the podcast. PP. No, everybody knows they're bad girls. But I think what I now see is this different perspective. I'm looking at Vance and going, he's, it's a new world, right? Like, this is a world where you have to cover up and hide where your location is. Or you have a planetary shield. Like, there are people who are constantly coming for you. And he's looking and and trying to, to figure out, like, are you for or against us? Like, are you are you going to help us or are you just a headache? Right? Like you show up in this thousand year old ship and I'm just supposed to take your word for it. If someone pulled up in a thousand year old raft, because I don't know what they had a thousand years ago and it could like teleport anywhere in the world, that'd be (laughs) rocking. I mean, fair enough. (laughs) Um, So, so I see Vance in a different light, but it, it was it was kind of cool to see kind of to see the new you know the new ships and the new tech and things like that so i i i dug it but void your but day was, like, like you have a hard time i don't want to speak at you but like you know i won't <laughs> tell you your life but you have a hard time when like there are characters that challenge the protagonist like you had a hard time with shaw and I, I was going the You're whole right. time. I, I was going. Shaw is the man. He's the only. He sacrificed his life for you know for the crew. He, like he, he doing his job, and all you did was like, man, you're not giving my guys privilege that they deserve. I'm going like, ah, Clyde, be better. <laughs> Listen, I'm loyal to my people. Yeah, no, I, I uh, see it. I see it. I, 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 you're right. Like. Vance and Shaw are cut from a similar cloth that they come in and they they have a very different perspective than your traditional hero arc, right? They are, it's, and it's interesting. Like it's, it reminds me of the action movies, right? Where you've got the hero and there's a car chase. And at the end of the car chase, they've got the bad guy, right? But then you've got you've got to turn around and there's a there's a captain in there, somebody going, Yeah, you got the bad guy, but did you see what you did to the city? Right? Like you dang near broke a building in two, right? We got people rushed to the hospital because you're driving through buildings and all this other stuff. There is this real both of them kind of came into this, they brought this realism 
to our idealistic hero sci-fi fantasy that says the hero, like, don't worry about the consequences. The hero is a hero. And that was a little hard. I'll be honest. That was at times it's hard for me to go. Yeah, but they're the heroes. Like you got to see the bigger picture, right? <laughs> and the bigger picture often is they save the universe. Sure, Advance. Yeah. Advance literally looks at at um, Burnham and is like, well, if if what you say is true, then we all owe you a a, a huge thanks. Mm-hmm, sure. Thank you. That changes nothing, right? Thank you for the bringing me the discovery. I could always use another ship. I'm gonna split your crew up and do what's best. Like that's kind of his mode, and um, and I, I understand it even if I didn't love it. No, I'll, I'll, I, I, I'll say like this: like you know, if everyone was like Shaw, yeah, oh or, or everyone were like Vance, what you'd have is probably order, and eventually the the organization would fall apart. Uh, the world would collapse. But if you had everyone like Burnham or Picard or Riker, you'd have chaos. You have chaos. And once in a while, one of them does a good thing and saves the universe. I don't know which one is better. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but like I, I feel like it's an ecosystem and I respect the ecosystem. I'm with you. There is a, there's a certain amount of balance that's important. So... All right, so so episode four is die trying, and largely what we're talking about at this point is um, we're gonna go save some seeds. Yeah, like you know, and and Nan has decided to not to stay with the seed ship. Yeah, uh, an- another one that wasn't my favorite, just because I didn't like the premise of like uh, <laughs> Team Chaos. Yep, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like. I, I didn't like the idea that there's this random Noah's Ark ship, Star Trek ship, just floating around. It just seems like really, kind of really weird. You know, weird in a way that you're like, oh, I don't know if this makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, but I'll, I'll go with this conceit. And then, like, it's a, it's really like, you know, a ghost, uh, uh, I won't say a ghost ship, but like, you know, it's, it's people going into a, a haunted ship and figuring it out. Yeah. And it, I don't, it was more non episode, like, hey, I, I can see what they're trying to do. It's trying to be like, we've lost all lost connection. We've lost connection. And now that we're here, we have to find a way to get ourselves either back or find the new balance. Cause like on the ship, everyone's falling apart too, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, so like it, it, I understand thematically what it was, and I respect, and it probably needs to be there. Um, I think Colbert has has the what you call it uh, has a star uh, star line in the, in this episode where it goes mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, in order for us to be okay, we have to admit that we weren't okay, and right. you know, and I think I think that's uh, you know, I'm not. A, <laughs> You go, you go, fine. I, I, I'm over talking. I apologize. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Um, I think for me, this is, I don't want to call it a non episode, but it moved, it, it just, it, it moved a little bit. And I think the important piece here was you needed an episode to show Vance and everyone else the value of discovery, right? And so you gave them, 
they keep saying we're a scientific vessel. So you gave them a science problem to solve, right? What you didn't do is go, all right, well, we're going to put you into the fight and throw you up against some bad guys. This, this is what it was. Like, it was a mystery. They solved the mystery. They figured out the puzzle. And they saved some lives. It, saved some lives. They did it. They came back. Um, it was fine, right? I think, you know, I liked Nan. My whole thing is, I feel like you have to have a wharf Odo type of character in your team, right? That is your, you know, you're the person who is a little bit aggressive, not afraid to the muscle, right? You got to have your, your BA Baracus in your team. Like who was that in the original series? I mean, for oddly enough, it was Kirk. Yeah. Right. You make your point. Um, and I feel like they keep getting rid of that person here <laughs> in Discovery. Like, I look at him like, Nan was your security officer, right? Like, Giorgio is your, hey, we need somebody in this fight. Friday, Friday. And, you know, you're going to get rid of her. Like, it's just, you know, Willa. Like, I thought they were going to keep Willa around, who's the, you know, the Starfleet uh, chief of security. Yeah, yeah. Nope. So so it's just, I'm, I'm looking going, but I like that person because when, when you get into a battle, you need to have that person. And while Burnham can fight for sure, and Burnham is can be a hothead, it's not enough, right? Like, Worf was always like his finger was always like right on that knife. Like, I'm like it's taking everything in me not to slit your throat, right? Like that's Worf. All I know is what you're describing. You're revealing a lot about yourself, Clyde. You're, you're like, you know, just so you know, if I have my choice, I'm going to choose violence. No, it's I'm not sorry. that I'm a ch- Space violence. I want the option it's... of space violence. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It, and, oh. and Giorgio has this line. Um, I think it's in the second episode, right? And she says, he's a bully. Or maybe it's in, actually... Yeah, no, 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 that's, right, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I remember she, it. He, she he's a bully and the only thing a bully respects is a bigger bully yep sometimes you need to have a bigger bully as a tool in your toolkit that's all i'm saying right only because sometimes you especially in this post-apocalyptic world you got you have people who aren't going to respond to like saru's always like nope diplomacy we should talk at first and I'm thinking, in this world, by the time you finish that sentence, everybody's dead. Yeah, no, there you go. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a choose violence type person. Like, I, like I said, we, we agree. Like, you know, I, of the people on the podcast, if you had to pick someone who was a Terran, it's probably going to be me. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're getting up on that hour mark. All right. Yeah. So there's diatribe. And then finally... We've got our uh, episode six, which is Scavengers. Now, uh, right. Okay, so first of all, the glow up for the for Discovery, love it. You know, like it opens with that. You like, know I, I love it. The, the glow up, I got like, well done, well done. Uh, this episode is actually is infamous in my household. Mm. Uh, because like, uh, with the, uh, quickly, basically, like a book has the clues to the burn. Uh, Burnham has to go, uh, you know, uh, save book. 
they she and George O succeed, blah blah blah. That's that that's the thing. That's that's the episode. Great, it's fun, blah blah blah. So one of the things that was very interesting uh, in this episode was uh, my wife and I we were watching it the first time like live, and we see Book you know captured and uh, he he enters carrying this heavy metal thing and with this Bajoran, you know, and the Bajorans hurt and blah blah blah. And the 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 most notable thing about this Bajoran is that he's male and he's Asian, male Asian Bajoran. Who has lines, and and like so the first so he drops the he he drops the what you call it, for those who don't know, who are on podcast, uh, I am Asian, I am you Asian. are I I am an Asian I man. I had no idea. And so like you know he he's carrying the heavy metal. He drops it because he has his busted elbow or whatever. And book goes, hey, take it easy. And he goes like, oh, I got it. I go. And the moment he said I got it, I go to my wife. He's dead. And she goes, what? <laughs> I go, well, he's Asian and he's a male and he's he has a line. He can't stay. He has to be made an example of. I go, she goes, what are you talking about? Like, dude, it's just there's no reason to cast him as an Asian unless you're going to do it's a diversity cat. You know, he's the token Asian. You've never seen an Asian Bajoran. And I, and I go, oh, and she goes like, I think you might be crazy. Five, four, three, boom! His head explodes. <laughs> yes, I did take something a slightly different away from that, but um, so I mean, I, I just thought now was, I gotta go back and watch Discovery to see if I can find an Asian Bajoran just so I can say, "Hey, Paul, I found six. You can watch all of Deep Space Nine. Good luck. <laughs> no Asian Vulcans. Really? <laughs> I'm just saying." Okay. Go through all Star Trek, like like, prove me wrong. It's okay. Listen, I, listen, I believe you. It's just now we're calling the question. Oh, well, you know, Kurtzman and his HR team. Uh, like, who, who's no, handling your diversity? No Asian male uh, Vulcans. Like, okay. uh So, uh, or or at least East Asian. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Like, okay. and for for me, I'm going. I'm looking at this. I'm going like, oh, this is uh this is progress. <laughs> okay. But like. Uh, watch an Asian male head get blown off. He goes like, "That's how you, you now you're in the conversation." Hey, <laughs> listen, it was not that long ago that I'd be like, "I know exactly what you're talking." Yeah, about. no, I mean, like, like yes. I, I, remember when Tuvok came? Like a black Vulcan? Vulcans aren't black. And you're like, "Calm down, <laughs> just <laughs> everyone, just calm down. It's gonna be okay." <laughs> All right. Outside of that, what did you think of this episode? I mean, I I think it's it's uh it's Giorgio Bait. Like you know, I think Giorgio is great, and and I, I like the duo of them. They're, they're having so much fun. They yeah. Are. I I thought this was this was a, a pretty good episode. Um, I mean, we're we're really now getting kind of introduced to the Emerald Chain, and we're getting introduced to Osiris. Like it's um we're kind of seeing they're they're setting this up to go, hey, here's here's a bad force in the galaxy. Um so I, I thought it was interesting. And I, you know, not my favorite episode, but I thought it was a pretty decent episode. Like I thought it was fun. It's a good know? episodic episode. Like like basically yeah. here's one adventure and we're gonna do this adventure and we're gonna give you a little nugget at the end that'll tie it. Like it it, sh- it should be that, you know, it, it really should I 
I gotta agree with with Chupi again. Book ship is amazing, and I love it. Um, Book does have a pretty awesome ship. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 it is interesting. Like, I don't know if I love the transformer aspect of it. Like, you know, it's it's pretty cool to watch. Yes. Yes. How, how do you say the word transformer and say I don't love? Like, regardless of any of the words you use in that sentence, transformer, like, to paraphrase well, Giorgio, you had me a transformer. Like, well, that's all you need for it to be know, great. And transformers, they tend to be more than meets the eye, you oh know. <laughs> But, but you know, but the, the thing is, like you know, I look at it, and I go like, eh, like why would you make a ship like that? Why would you make a, a ship that could go Lego forward at any moment, like Lego explode and, and come back together? It's it's such a nuanced, you know, a, such a, a very like you know, as an engineer, I don't think you'd ever want to do that. Absolutely, you'd want to do it. Maybe in some very okay, unless this. Unless Anytime there's an asteroid field, that shit becomes awesome. Look, I, I will give you that, but like, what space person who has a ship that can do that would continually go into an asteroid field? Yeah, at high speed. And who it, would do that? And it cloaks. Yeah, no, and I get and it. You got like a remote control. Listen, I'm like, we're not gonna agree. I'm, I mean, like, I love uh, like, the ships. Like, here, it reminds me of uh, Martian, Martian Manhunter. You know, like he, goes, he can read minds and change shapes and turn invisible, and <laughs> he can do all these things. Go, yeah, I guess. But then, uh, you know, like, and, and to Chupi's point, I see how useful it is. That's what writers can do. They can make anything. You know, you can give me a toothbrush. I could kill a. I could kill a dragon if the writing's right. I, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to agree on this. I love the ship. I thought yeah. the ship was great. I think great, great, I think book ship was great. I think the new Discovery ship is amazing. Yeah, no, um, I can see the new Discovery ship. I, I like the new interface. It looks really cool. It, it seems very simple. No more like no more heroin injectors. That's great. It's great. I, I, <laughs> I still think the one thing about this kind of the, the the cast that makes me laugh, and I'm looking for it, and I realize I actually did a pretty good job, is how. There's this sense of like Arium left, mm-hmm. Nilsson showed up, and it's like she's been there the whole time. And so I was looking, ready to jump and pounce on, all right, you took it too far. Like there's a moment where when Burnham comes back and everybody's hugging her, mm-hmm. and I was like, they better not have Nilsson hug her like my long lost friend. I can't wait to see, you, right? And they didn't. And then these moments where I was like, okay, I was looking for them. And they, you know, I thought it was interesting that they were like, kind of early on, they gave her command, right? Well, to be fair, like, you know, like, I, I, I feel that, like, Erdem has earned her place on, you know, Discovery, right? Yes. Like, uh, and more than that, for them, it was like a day later, right? Like she flew into the, you know, they all said, yes, yes, pick me. I'm going to go with you into, into blah, 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 into the unknown. And the next day they're on a, a planet with like parasitic ice, which is a thing apparently. I don't know. Uh, and before, you know, so like they think Burnham's the same Burnham they saw, uh, you know, when she went to the little wormhole, but not. Yeah, I mean, and look, I'm I'm not 
I, I'm not saying that, like, the actress who played Iriam is the actress who played Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I noticed is, like, when kind of on rewatch, Iriam was a senior officer. So frequently she would be sitting in the chair when Saru and Burnham and everybody else was gone. Like she was in chair. So it made sense. It made sense that Nielsen kind of would get that nod too. But I also like that. I think um, in the last episode, Burnham had to, they went down to the ship and they were, she was like, Bryce, you got the con. Like it, it moved around a little bit and it does feel like this is the first season where the bridge sure. crew is getting more to do. Yeah, no, I, it's like I I believe that the difference between uh, '70s Trek and today's Trek is more of team leadership. There's still a leader, there's still a person in command, but like you know, the burden of of keeping it all together is within the team, not with like you know yeah. for all of it. It it was it was a Kirk show, right? Kirk mm-hmm. tells you to do this, you do this, and it works out because, oh, you did it because you're Kirk. And, you know, and same with Picard. And same with Janeway. And same with, like, you know, uh, Cisco. Uh, Cisco. And same with, like, you know, the best captain there ever was, Archer. Oh, my goodness, no. Um, I, I think that you're right, though. There's a certain peer leadership. There, we're part of a team. We all have to, you know, step up at times. There's that. And, you know, my, my, my kind of final thought on this episode in particular is just, you know, and Chupi says this, this is the episode we start to see JoJo has a serious problem. I was a little bothered by this. I thought they did a good job. But my issue was I started, to, I, this is where we see the cracks, right? Because I'm loving Giorgio and I'm going, they've got a different plan. Maybe, maybe Michelle Yeoh is booked but they're not going to let, this isn't going to be irregular. They're not going to keep her. And I'm going, here we go. Yeah, no, you know, for me, I was surprised we got so much Giorgio. Like, you know, I thought like uh, once uh, Philippa Captain died, I was going, okay, they did the Drew Barrymore in in Scream. Mm -hmm. And then that that was it. Okay, way to go. And then she came back as Emperor. Okay, well, we have her for a little bit here. Uh Uh-oh. Cause she's sticking around. Oh, look, she, she's all she's here in season uh, two. She's she's just sticking around, and you know. And I'm like, well, oh, that's pretty great. And and so when she's when she leaves in in season three, uh, spoiler, she's gonna leave in the season. Everyone uh, in Paul's I, favorite episode. I, I feel that like I feel like you know that it, I really got to miss her. And and agree. And, and, and truth be told, I'm glad. We had Tara Giorgio over Captain Giorgio. I, I'm not going to co-sign that. I, I, I understand, but but here's here's my here's my my point. My point would be, as amazing as a captain that she could have been, you already knew you already know what kind of captain she's going to be. She's going to be an exemplary captain of Starfleet. So, in a way, she's not bringing anything new. Whereas, like, whereas bringing the emperor of the Terran Empire in, you know, as as a regular on your crew, that's a new dynamic. And, you know, Discovery is about Discovery. (laughs) 
See what you did there. I'll say this about Giorgio. What I love about Emperor Giorgio is that that is the character that Burnham needed to really grow, right? I like that. I like that, Clyde. I think in part because until we are challenged with the opposite of our beliefs, it's hard to know what you really believe, right? Sure, sure. That's why... That's why I'm here on the podcast. Just so you can know what you truly believe, Clyde. But, but but I mean that I think Burnham has been a character that has done what she's supposed to do her whole life. Right? Until this moment, I think Giorgio represents this. Why are you doing it that way? Mm-hmm. Is that what you do? You really believe that that's what you should do? And we see that sometimes it gets her into trouble and sometimes it gets everyone else out of trouble that Burnham is not afraid to kind of color outside the lines. Yeah, I think I think if you put it that way, like Emperor Giorgio is basically saying, hey, dude, you are more than you are uh, embracing. There's a darkness in you that is a source of strength and value. And the more you ignore that, the more you are diminishing not just yourself, but like the people around you. And, and, she, and she's a constant reminder of that, like, you know, and, and that's good. But, but, you know, but truth be told, she probably got to the point where, uh, like Burnham didn't need her anymore. Yeah. She kind of, she kind of grew up. Yeah. All right, Paul, why don't we wrap up? Mariah's okay. going to kill us for uh, being on this journey for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like, remember, Mariah hated this season, like all the seasons. She, she's never been a fan of Discovery. She's always been a person. Like, I've always said to her, like, you know, this is a very important show. And she's always been like, Paul, you don't know jack shit. Listen, she she loves the first part of this season. It'll be interesting about the the second part speaking of which we're going to do season three part two next week february 29th is when we'll, we'll record that so mariah should be back we should have the whole team hopefully to do that one um it, you know it'll be interesting because i think you know chupi just said in the chat it's a dense season to me it almost feels like they're three separate seasons in this one season mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see kind of this next part um yeah so, uh, Paul, why don't you remind them again where they can subscribe and do that stuff? Oh, well, let, let me let, let me do that. Uh, hey, uh, remind them, you guys, to subscribe and rate review at, on Apple at uh, StarTrekPod.co and Patreon. Uh, and I guess follow us on X. Thanks, thanks, Karen, for helping us on, on X. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. yeah. That's that's it. Anything else you want to say before we we sign off? Uh, no, not that I know of. I think uh, you did a great job, Captain. As much crap as I give you, you know, I would not be here without you. You know. Well, you, thank you, you. You're my Burnham, and you're my book. So, or my grudge. You give oh, me my you grudge too. Oh, did you hear that, guys? You know, Clyde just fat shamed me. Well done, Clyde. Well done. OMG. We'll get to it, but I will say one of the things I'm looking forward to in season five is I'm trying to figure out the importance of of grudge. Like, I mean, 
Isn't Book in jail? She's a queen. Okay. Is it Book going to be in jail? Probably. We'll see. Okay, here we yeah, go. But where's is it? Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Is it Starfire Cruise yeah. Star? Check out our feed for photos. Are, are you on the cruise, Chippy? Oh, wow. Well, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, we'll check it out. Like, you know. Okay. Okay, everyone. All right. Uh, Until next time. And prosper or something like that. Yeah. Do, do that thing. Be good to each other. <laughs>